Great introduction. Dan, we are back. It's been like three weeks. We are in officially your element, your season. Christmas is around the corner. How are you doing? I'm good. I, I appreciate everybody bearing with us. You know, we had Thanksgiving that came in here. Obviously, we moved into Hanukkah because we believe in celebrating all things that are joyful and triumphant. And yep. now we're into the Christmas season. And there's one thing that's amazing about the Christmas season outside of Santa Claus bringing us presents and this Yuletide cheer and fruitcakes. But you know what that is? Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. You're correct. Yes. Yeah. I was going to go with I was going to go with last week in football playoffs, but Kwanzaa is also a very acceptable option. Good. I'm glad you agree with that. The playoffs, you know, it's a close third or whatever you want to say, but it's it's up there. It, it really is. But we're back. And thank we, you guys for bearing with us. Well, you know, it, it's on me. There's, you know. You got a you got a baby and everything like that. I have a drinking problem, so I mean, like, <laughs> it, it's all fun and games and shit like that. But yeah, we're yeah, yes, you know, we're back in the groove. It's like you said, this we just had the trade deadline pass. Not a ton of action, but we'll nope. go through some trades that we and that we missed the last few weeks. Um, and then, of course, this is the last regular season of playoffs, uh, or until the playoffs, and. Things are more or less decided. We know the six teams that are going to be in the playoffs. There's really only one teeny tiny thing at stake. That's probably not going to change until we get to week 15. And that's the start of the fantasy playoffs. So, Dan, if you are ready to go, I think we should start with we have three trades that we got to talk about. One kind of big blockbuster, another sizable trade, and then one small buzzer beater. Yep. Sound good? Yes, let's go. Okay, yeah, I, I'm liking the attitude, the the excitement. I've got three weeks of pent up energy. I tried to record one on my own during these three weeks. Yeah, fucking that failed go? miserably. I couldn't figure the fucking recording couldn't stop, so I couldn't shut it off, and I couldn't. Once I shut it off, I couldn't get it to copy and paste. It was miserable. So I I am hell bent reliant on you actually being a part of these things. So I just want to tell you, you're wanted. I'm glad to feel appreciated and needed. It it means the world to me, Dan. Well, yeah, because after 45 minutes of this, I'm just a sloppy shit show. <laughs> so, All right, so, you're so let's rage. We got a 45-minute countdown until... Yep, at that point in time, we'll be at matchups, and those everything's made up, and those points don't matter anymore. All right, well, let's do the trades. We got one big one, We're gonna and we're going to start with that. That actually involved me and Sam. Um, and this one, you know... For some behind-the-scenes, you know, info, it's kind of been in the works for a long time. Um, in this deal, I sent TJ Hawkinson, and Sam sent Elijah Moore, Jerry Judy, and a 22 second-round draft pick that is Armand's. Dan, what are your thoughts? It's a big name being moved with it. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a big name on a really, really shitty team. True. But it's... In a tight end premium league for a guy that has volume and is arguably the best player on the entire roster. Damn. Hard to argue with it, yeah. All right, so let's look on the flip side here. Mm-hmm. Jerry Judy. Teddy Two Gloves, I'm not going to call him a bum quarterback, but what would you say he is one step is. above bum? Um, hobo? Below average. Okay, it was hobo. Where he, he plays with a hobo quarterback. Yep. Elijah Moore is a borderline 
I wouldn't say borderline fantasy irrelevant. He said two point two three games over twenty points, so he has the boom factor. Mm-hmm. But he plays on the Jets, so he's a bust factor. This and is true. Next year's twenty twenty two draft pick, and whose whose draft pick was that? That is Armand. So right now it looks like it's going to be two um, two or no no it'll no, be two dot two dot five five five. Um, sign me up for the Hawk trade. Interesting. There was a lot of reactions on this trade. Um, I feel like you're in the minority on that opinion. I, you know, being my being that it involved me, I you know I can't really be unbiased with it. Um, but I think we got feedback from Sam. Um, you know, from his side, he sent like a a novel. It's um, a to fucking you. ton. Do you want to try to read it? Are you in the mental state to kind of give us the rundown of what Sam was feeling and, you know, his his mindset, you know, a few weeks back for this deal? Sure. I'll, I'll start with this. Do you okay. remember what you got on the ACT? <sighs> I don't even remember. 26. OK, I got a 26 as well. OK, so I scored a 31 in science and a 33 in math. Pretty Do good. the math about where my reading skills are going to be right here. Not to mention that I still picked up drinking. All right. 13. Got it. Oh, it's bad. Okay. So here's what we got. Sam said, here are my thoughts. Did I just pay a ton for a player who got zero points last week? Yep. Is that the same player on pace for 90 receptions? Yep. Oh, by the way, he's tied for second in the most receptions. Uh, in Sam's eyes, Hawk is easily a top five ten as of now. And I gave, a lot, gave up a lot of value for an elite player. Here's my breakdown of tight ends being elite. Tier one, Kyle Pitts. Tier 2A, Travis Kelsey. Tier 2B, Kittle, with a little carrot sign that points towards Kittle. Hawkinson, two carrot signs that point towards Hawkinson. Then Darren Waller equals Andrews. Okay. Now, again, really good at math. Yep. I'm going to skip that part of that. Um, Hawkins is only 24. So excluding Pitts, the closest age is Andrews at 26 and then Kittle at 28. Uh, he's watched too many Lions games now that he's living near Detroit. God bless you, Dr. Sam. Um, and it's obvious that Hawkinson has shown he has, in quotation marks, it. He's a mismatch. Oh, here we go. He's a mismatch nightmare. And there's been a good amount of drives this year where he's been the best player on the field and even behind Swift. After that tier, in my opinion, there's other tight ends that are interchangeable and don't think they can be considered elite. You might ask, why not go for a guy like Travis Kelsey? Well, I did have talks, and the offer was D. Smith. Who's D. Smith? Devontae Smith. Okay, Devontae Smith. Thank you. Plus Moore, which I would assume is Elijah. Elijah Moore. Plus Gronk. This was extremely close, and it was hard to pass. But it came down, came down to me being worried about a Kelsey age. 32 dot 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 and the fact that i love devonta smith much that was all in capital letters i hope that you felt the emphasis on that i did you really sold that better than judy it's not to say i don't like judy i still do but i think smith has not only a higher ceiling than judy but a higher floor to me that's much more valuable for my wide receiver three this is dynasty if i was trying to keep if i was trying to go all in i would have made a move for kelsey but as of now Trading for him does not guarantee me a playoff spot. I had talks with Kittle, but at the end of the day, a deal wasn't getting done and I had to move on. Yes, I tried desperately to get Pitts. I think I would have offered my firstborn for him. Oh, 
Nick, would you have like you have a firstborn? That's Isaac. Would you have offered Isaac for Kyle Pitts? Hell no. Okay, just checking. Unfortunately, he but seems maybe to be understandably months. untouchable. No, just kidding. <laughs> um. So so yeah, Pitts seemed to be untouchable. I had an offer for Fant, more straight up for Fant in a vacuum. I think this is a half chub except. I would have traded. I love that he worked half chub into this whole fucking thing. Sorry, <laughs> it's the child in me. It's like anytime you see the C sixty nine and everything, you just immediately go to Gronkowski. I would have traded an unproven wide receiver with a bunch of hype for a solid TD, but at the end of the day, that's all it would have been—a solid TE, TE for both of those, not TD because words are words are fun. Uh, does that help my team as of now? Sure, but between his injuries and him being a solid tight end one, uh, I wanted more. My team is built around youth. Burrow, Fields, Lance, AJB, Lamb, D. Smith, Swift, Williams, ETN, and now Hawk. All nine of these players are within their third year. There there were to be no half measures now. I had to get a young elite tight end. I gave up a lot, but ultimately I could afford to. I think prior to this trade, I arguably had one of the top teams with talent. I had a massive hole in my roster and gave up two young players who usually end up finding the bench with my current roster. Rome wasn't built in a day. Zai, is it Zai Dynasty? How do you X A X I A? How do you fuck do you say that? Z Dynasty. Z Dynasty will be here before you all know it. Smiley face, and then he sent me a YouTube link, which I've never clicked on. I don't give me a, yep, I give don't me a second. I have wants, to. But God bless Sam. I I need to buy nine seconds of a YouTube ad here as mm-hmm. I see what the actual physical like. Like video is video is and i'm so fucking jacked for it please hold yep absolutely uh, i mean pause it's like let me we got this let me jack the volume up a month ago we're only gonna need to watch like the first 45 seconds of this i think of course if the screen just went dark For those of you that are understanding what's going on right now, I can't understand. Do we? Nope. There's a man necessary? walking out in a in a suit with a canister, with flames on things. Basically, what's going to happen is let me fast forward a little quick, and here comes the Undertaker. Ah. Okay. We can. There it is. Quick cut. That's that's me being dramatic and everything like that, but it's the Undertaker coming out in WrestleMania. And it's a pretty baller fucking hype video when you go through all four minutes and 44 minutes and 53 seconds of it, but we're not going to do that. You're here for content and we're going to give it to you. Thank you for talking to man reading skills. Nick, on you. So, I mean, I guess I'll say my side, you know, Sam, like Sam obviously has had a huge tight end hole and, you know, my situation, I had Mark Andrews, I had TJ Hawkinson, I had Darren Waller um, having, you know, kind of a stranglehold on the elite um, tier of that position. Um, and Sam having such a hole, we've kind of naturally had talks for the last year or so. Um, and, you know, I was just, I was always kind of upfront with him with what I wanted and what I needed to get. Um, you know, I wanted to get proven young player, or I wanted to get young players with upside. Um, I initially tried to hope for Devante, Smith or even Javante Williams, but Sam said no chance in hell that he was moving those guys. Um, 
So Elijah Moore and Jerry Judy, I mean, I'm a little bit higher on Elijah Moore than you are. I think even though he's on the Jets, which isn't great, I think he's shown a lot as a rookie, a lot of promise. Um, Jerry Judy, I mean, you're right. The situation with Bridgewater isn't great. And there's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. Um, I mean, that'll change going into next year, though. Yeah, no, I mean, mean, that's the thing. Like, who is their quarterback going to be? Um, and you know, whoever that quarterback is, you know, how are they going to develop or how are they going to work with all these guys? You know, Fant, Judy, Sutton, Tim Patrick, Alberto, I mean, Javante Williams, you know, do they bring in more pieces? I don't know, but, um, a lot of moving parts. Um, but I think Judy does have a, you know, he's shown that he could be productive, you know, maybe be a PPR guy. So I think he was a solid get. And, you know, the second, um, this is a weaker draft, but it's, you know, going to be an early second. We'll see what's available there. I mean, to move Hawkinson, I thought he was my number one tight end. I think, I mean, for my money in Dynasty, like after Kyle Pitts, like Kelsey, I think, is on the downswing. I mean, at 32 years old, I mean, if you're trying to win now, great. Um, I'm kind of surprised that Sam even was really considering, you know, Kevin's offer um, in any capacity. But I, you know, Kelsey, he, right now he's kind of at the point where he's just, going to die on your roster you're not going to get fair value for him and people aren't going to view him at that level um but for me i think like hawkinson kelsey kittle like those guys are kind of the next tier behind pitts and pitts is purely that high just because of his age and what he's shown you know his rookie year you're you're praying for upside and for that to pan out it should pan out but you know until we see it you know it's it's a gamble um so i get i mean sam did his diligence you know, he clearly explored a lot of options. Um, his hands were maybe a little bit tied because I had, you know, maybe three of the guys that he would like to get. Mm-hmm. And some of the other teams weren't, you know, Jerry wasn't going to move pets. You know, Kevin wanted an arm and a leg for Kelsey. Um, you know, Kittle was pretty much untouchable. So, like, your hands are kind of tied at that, that point. And, I mean, I think Sam put it, you know, I get where Sam was coming from because that was his biggest hole and he wanted to fill it. And, you know, I think with what was available and what he could do, I think his his moves made sense. And I think you're right. I think I think the part you hit on, you have arguably three of the top seven tight ends in the entire NFL sitting on your roster. At, did, at yeah. that point in time, you had TE, I current move, TE2, TE3, TE7. Yep. And that's insane to think about, especially in the tight end premium league. So you have the you have the capital to move on from some of that and still understand that during buys and other pieces with it, you're covered in the tight end spot. So, so you're right. You, you get a decent haul and you, you got, you're, you're higher in Elijah more than I am. I like Jerry Judy, but you know, that was a true lock bust last year. Yeah. Um, but you know, so my question for you is, is understanding the Denver roster and the quarterbacks that potentially might be coming up for availability or spots being there. Yeah, the Denver situation or the Pittsburgh situation, which one do you think is more appealing to quarterbacks that might be looking for a new team at the end of the year? Denver, for sure. I like agree. It's, it's, I it's not even Denver. Like, it's not yeah. even close. Like Denver, when you look at it, they have a okay to above average line. They've got three fantastic wide receivers. You know, however you want a Judy Sutton one, two, then you get Tim Patrick, who's a fine number three Great tight player. ends. I mean, you have Fant, you have Alberto, like that is a great combination. Mm-hmm. And then Javante Williams. I mean, I know he's a rookie, but he's, you got to be extremely optimistic with what you've seen in limited sample size. And his one star that he just had last week was 
phenomenal. Yes. So, I mean, whatever quarterback they get, I mean, you hope it's a bet. Like, you're praying that it's an Aaron Rodgers, a Russell Wilson, I mean, maybe yep. Deshaun Watson, depending yep. on his situation. Like, those, that's the pie in the sky. If you own any of those players, that's who you want. Um, will they get those, one of those guys, you know, that'll be probably the story of the offseason. You know, yep. who or how does, like, this musical chair play out? Because you're absolutely right. I mean, Pittsburgh, I mean, we've talked, or we haven't talked about it, but the rumors, you know, this is Big Ben's last year. They're going to need a quarterback. Um, you know, Carolina, they might need a quarterback. That's you know, another fun situation. The Sam Darnold situation did not uh, necessarily go to plan. Um, and, of course, there's going to be other spots that's open up. I mean, if Russell Wilson moves on from Seattle, Seattle's going to need a quarterback. And, you know, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are a solid option. And, you know, it's going to be a game of musical chairs. It's going to be really fun to watch. And I think I think this is one of the upsides to the pieces is you pick up a Jerry Judy piece that's going to be a, a, a big piece in that offensive scheme. Mm-hmm. And depending on which quarterback comes there, you get upside. Yeah. Or you take a little bit of a, of a piece. And I think it's a gamble worth taking. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm happy with the trade. I mean, I, you know, I, I liked having my, you know, three-headed monster at tight end. Um, but I, you know, I was up front with Sam, like if he wanted to get one of these guys, he's going to have to pay, you know, mm-hmm. with some of these younger players. And I, you know, wanted the wide receivers and I kind of gave him a list and told him, I need two of those guys in the second round pick. And it's more or less the offer that's been on the table since like August. Um, so, you know, yep. Sam, it, here we are. That's the deal. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, it's hard to argue against that. I think it's a. It's a big name. Again, I still like it, Hawk, a little bit. And I think that's just because of the unknown in the in the Jets situation and what quarterbacks oh, for sure. coming into Denver. I like the guarantee piece and understanding. Again, we're talking about the best tight end on a really shitty team mm-hmm. with it. But, yeah, I it's it, it definitely plays into the playoff picture. Well, I mean, not so much this year for Sam. But, um, but for you, it does. Yes, absolutely. I mean, yeah, Elijah Moore and Judy are, I'm in the playoffs. Um yep. There, I'm going to rely on them um, this week and then into week one, maybe week two. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. We got two more deals to talk about. Uh, Let's move on to one that involved Kevin and Steve. Um, In this deal, Kevin receives um, Mr. Elijah Mitchell running back for the 49ers. And Steve receives Kevin's 2022 first round draft pick. Uh, Dan, what are your thoughts? I really, really like this for Kevin. I thought Elijah Mitchell could have gotten more than just a single first. And that's the hype towards here. There's a lot of situations in football and different offenses that are a clusterfuck. And being a running back in a Kyle Shanahan offense is one of those situations. But this guy's really come on and shown that he can foster a workload. I mean, he's got one, two, three, four games over 100 yards, and he's only played two, four, six, eight, nine. Uh, that's 10 for those of us that know how to carry twos. Like I said, I got 33 in math. Um, but I, I really like Elijah Mitchell. I really do. Yeah. So, I mean, here's how I view this trade. It's, you know, how did you feel about James Robinson last year? You know, didn't. It's, you know, the thing is, like, He's a six-round draft pick, um, you know, doesn't have the high draft capital. Um, and that, you know, 
and he's a running back, you know, Shelf he's a he's a Shanahan he's a Shanahan running back too. I mean, is there a running back that doesn't succeed when Shanahan decides to feature him? Nope. I mean, I think there's you. I, I agree. Mitchell has looked impressive, and you know he's a fourth round draft pick in our league. You know he was a sixth round draft pick in the NFL. Like kudos to Steve. Like definitely a diamond in the rough. But I think there's a lot of risk here. Um, I was actually you know just I know this happened. What did this happen? Like 10 days ago, I think Kevin made this trade. Eight days. Eight days ago. So, I mean, I don't know. Kevin's teams, you know, it was kind of struggling, you know, up until this point, And unfortunately, it's continued. I'm sort of surprised he made this deal just because I think there's a lot of uncertainty with Mitchell. And he's not someone like, you know, it's not like this is Najee Harris or Javante Williams, like that are just mm-hmm. dominating. Like if, though, like if, if Elijah Mitchell was Javante Williams or Najee Harris, like, He's a top five running back in dynasty. But, you know, go look at like rankings. I mean, just people are going to be very slow to buy in onto Elijah Mitchell. Like, I think you'd be hard pressed to see him as a top 15 dynasty running back right now. And, you know, you could say like whether that's fair or not, or people are dumb or not. But like Shanahan running backs are a dime a dozen. Like it's we it's a revolving door. Whoever is healthy and he wants to play gets in and it, He's only a six-round draft pick. I mean, if Shanahan decides he doesn't like him, if he twists his knee, if he gets injured, like, they're going to move on and they're going to sign someone off the street and he's going to step in and do the job well. So I think from Kevin's side, there's a lot of risk. I mean, there's no denying that Mitchell right now is the guy and he's awesome. And, you know, maybe this could help Kevin and put him over the top. And if that happens, you know, kudos, well done trade. I think from Steve's side, you know, rebuilding teams, it's – always interesting when you see them move young players but i think it's actually smart to move young players that you think are at their ceiling in terms of value and for elijah mitchell i mean if you're getting a first round draft pick i mean look at kevin's team i mean kevin could be eliminated in week one of the playoffs and this is going to be the seventh or eighth pick like that's pretty darn good value i think for this you know a player in elijah mitchell that could have no value like a year from now or his value could be severely diminished so from steve's standpoint I mean, I know he's a rookie, but I think this is a fantastic move. I love it from Steve's side. Um, from Kevin, I, you know, running backs, they're a premium. They always will be. I get it, but I think there's just risk. Okay, so my, I have two questions for you. Yeah. One, is this a desperation move from a Derrick Henry injury to try and still be relevant this season in the playoff contention? I mean, I, you know desperation might be a hard word. I mean, I think Kevin has had some injuries, you know, out, he lost obviously Derrick Henry, you know, but Aaron Jones hasn't been like the, the hottest, like self the last few weeks. Um, you know, Melvin Gordon, like, I don't know if he should be started. I mean, M- Michael Carter is injured. You know, I, don't, yeah. I don't even know if he's coming back this year. Like Kevin has encountered some injuries, um, you know, he traded away Clyde edwards Hilaire because he thought he was stacked at running back. Um, and I think we talked, touched base on a pod, how his running back could come back to bite him because how shallow it was. But I digress. Um, I mean, it's hard to say because, look, Elijah Mitchell could, like, he is a rookie and it could work out. I'm a little bit risk averse when you get to, like, situations like this. So... From my side, I think it's risky, but like, you know, you seem pretty high on Elijah Mitchell. I mean, do you feel confident in him going forward? 
I do. I, I really like what I've seen out of him. He's a very explosive running back. He's had a lot of good pieces. He's involved in the passing game, which, uh, again, in the, the format we play in is super big. Um, yeah. He's shown to be reliable. And for a sixth-round pick, I mean, you can abuse the absolute shit out of him yeah. with zero responsibilities to his health and well-being. And that makes him excitable. But you're right. There is that downside of – it's the next guy up in this offense. And Kyle Juszczyk just continues to prove that he, he shouldn't be rostered, but there's days that he should be and it fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. All right. Number two with that yeah. is, was this a Homer play for Kevin? Kevin's a big Niners fan, huge Niners fan. Do you think there was any Homer like thumping in this trade? That's a tough one. I, I'm going to say no. Like the only ones that I really know Kevin to be a true homer for would be like Gosh. Badgers. Oh. So like, I don't know if I, I don't know, maybe. Okay. I, I was, I'm just curious. I mean, obviously think? we don't have, I think it might've played a part into it. And I mean, obviously this is me speaking out of my ass, but yeah, yeah. It, you, it's interesting to talk to people that are, and I, I'll talk to, I talk to Stefan about this all the time. Yeah. It's people that can, disassociate making money in fantasy football from their love for the sport and their team. Mm -hmm. And in fantasy football, to be completely relevant and trying to make money for what you invest, you have to be able to disassociate yourself from your love of a specific team to cheer for other people. Some of us are bears fans, Niners fans. in some of these pieces, other people, I I talked to Adam today. He's a Pittsburgh fan. And everything yep. like that. So, I mean, everybody's got their allegiances somewhere and places, pieces that they want to try to acquire. But is it truly going to be best for what your team needs to compete long term? And it's interesting just to see the dynamic for where people view that kind of talent versus you want him because you you, you want to believe in your team. And this is why you acquire a player. No, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I definitely don't, you know, I'm not if people want to have someone on their team and they want to cheer for someone on their favorite team, you know, more power to them. That's we're playing a game at the end of the day. So like, you know, more power to you to do whatever, you know, I mean, happy. I'm a bears fan. It hurt to trade for Devontae Adams, knowing that I have to face him twice a year as a bears fan, but dear Christ, the man's a fucking God at football with Aaron Rodgers just makes him better. And that's why you have to do that. You have to put aside your love for, for a specific team to say, I'm $500 invested in the fantasy football. Please, dear Christ, give me a fucking win so I can make up what I pay into it. <laughs> exactly. But okay. All right. That was my, that was my last piece. So, okay, fair enough. Uh, any other thoughts with this deal before we move on to our third and final trade? No, let's go to the buzzer beater. All right. This was a buzzer beater from yesterday. Um, and this involved Sam and Stefan. Um, and this one, Sam sent or Sam received um, Robbie Anderson and a 2022 second round draft pick that is yours and scheduled to be 2.4. And Stefan receives Rob Gronkowski and Sam's 2024 third round draft pick. Dan, what are your thoughts? This is a this is all a play for a win now that I like if we want to see a win now trade, this is what this is. And I think acquiring Gronkowski is that kind of piece week 14 is irrelevant to, to Stefan. He's got the buy going into it. They tough matchup against Buffalo, which dear Christ, that fucking Monday night, Monday night game was absolutely atrocious. Three passes. In a it's, it's, fuck, it, guess who started Mac Jones in a league? 
You obviously. Well, I did. It was in this fucking league. Um, with it, but I mean, playoff buys. Week 15 at home against the Saints, kind of a tough sled. Week 16 at Carolina, I really like that matchup. Championship week at the Jets, very juicy. This mm-hmm. to me is a win now play, and you're going to give up a wide receiver that has been, I hate to say fantasy irrelevant, with two weeks, three weeks, I'm sorry, three weeks of all 12 that he started above 10 points. In fairness, who hasn't been fantasy and relevant when you have PJ Walker, Sam Darnold, the ghost of Cam Newton throwing you the ball. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, he's not great, but I think it's kind of similar to the Denver situation. Like they need a quarterback and maybe Robbie Anderson could have some more value. Yep. And I think the youth of Robbie Anderson helps play into this. Granted, he's 28 and everything like this, but this is a win now move from Stefan. I respect the play to say, Hey man, I'm, I need to solidify this, this position. I think over the last two weeks, Stefan's got less than three points from his starting tight ends. Yeah. That's concerning in a tight end premium league. So let's go ahead and bring a guy in that's, yeah, had a couple health concerns, missed some time in the middle middle of the league here, but yeah, yeah, man, it's really hard to argue with the connection between him and Brady. Yeah, I mean, when you look at Adams or excuse me, Stefan's team, tight end was by far the biggest weakness. I mean, he has Zach Ertz and Tyler Higby; they are adequate. Um, and with Stefan's like stack roster, you could definitely be fine with that. But you know, Dan Arnold was. A kind of a slick trade, and he was looking like he might be a sneaky weapon in the year, but unfortunately, his injury, you know, knocking him out for the rest of the season really made this kind of a a necessary, like, move. Like, he needed, Stefan needed to get a tight end. I think, you know, this is, I really think this is one of the win-win trades, because I think when you look at Gronkowski, I mean, he's obviously a little bit older. I mean, you mentioned injuries, um, but when Gronk has been on the field, even like going back to last year, like when he's on the field, like he's shown he's elite. Like he's after taking a year off, you know, there were some hiccups at the start of last year, but he's an elite tight end still in this, this game. I mean, I think the question is, you know, how long is he going to do it? And, you know, do we have to worry about injuries sitting out, you know, resting him? Like Tampa has the luxury of like, they're not playing for a win in December. They're playing for wins in January and February. Like they're aiming for the Super Bowl. So, you know, you hope Gronk doesn't have any more injuries, but he's someone that they're going to be careful with. But I think whenever Gronk's on the field, like he's going to be a top five tight end just yep. because of how Brady values him, how we've seen the wide receivers and Tampa be a little bit inconsistent um, health wise injuries, whatever. Um, so, I mean, I think giving up an early second, um, I think that's a fair price to pay for a tight end in Gronk who's been, I mean, <laughs> Even when you factor in the games that he's missed, and he's missed two, four, six games. I mean, he's tight end 14 on the year, which is kind of crazy. But in the games that he's played, his lowest scoring output is 11.5 points. Second lowest scoring is 16 points. Four other games above 20 points. I mean... I'll take that every day. Yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, it's six games. It's a small sample size. Um, he left one game early that I'm not counting, like he barely even played. But um, yeah, I mean, I think an early second, you know, for someone with that upside is probably a reasonable price to pay. Um, for Sam, I mean, I think 
it's a little risky trading a tight end, you know, when I know you got Hawkinson and, you know, he's obviously your future, but depth is important. Um, but I think, you know, getting a second rounder that gives you flexibility, like that's only going to go up in value. It's an early second rounder since it's yours. We know it's going to be 2.4. Um, that'll give him flexibility if he wants to, you know, pick someone. He could use it in the trade. He could, you know, he, he'll have more flexibility with this. He'll have better flexibility with this pick than he would with Gronk in the offseason. So if Sam's goal was to capitalize on that, I think he accomplished it. Um, for Stefan, I think this is going to help him and, it shores up his only weakness right now. Yep, I agree. And then I mean, we were talking about the team that's got 300-ish more points than the next closest one, just at 291 or something like that. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, for as much as I thumped Kevin early in the year, Stefan's the team to beat right now. Oh, not even close. I mean, really, once Henry went down, like, yeah, honestly, like Henry was kind of the glue that held Kevin's team together because since then, I mean, sorry, Kevin, but your team, I mean, you know, it has not been a banner year like the last six weeks. I wish um, I had a sound effects board that they <laughs> with it. Like, that's just that's all I want in life. I Like, I feel like I need to make I need to make six figures and then I can get mm-hmm. a real nice recording studio. I can yep. have a whole sound effects board. I, we're going to do it big. Like, just pray for my career and everything like that. And we're going to be living, living large in the podcast lifestyle. I cannot wait. 2022 is going to be our year, baby. That's what we're that's what we're hoping for, man. Exactly, yeah. Uh, but no, I mean for Kevin, unfortunately, like it's he. At, I I was thinking about this too earlier this week, but like at the start of the season, it was Stefan and Kevin like neck and neck, like they were clearly yep. both head and shoulders. And then yeah, I mean it's right around the time you know Henry went down, it, the injury started piling up for Kevin, and it was hard to sort of mask those holes. And now it's just. It's not just head and shoulders. It's like head, shoulders, and like a waist, like above everyone else with Stefan right now. Yeah. Um, this is also know, one pl- of those times where I want to play like Don't Fear the Reaper, like the old school like rock song. But Kevin is the Kevin, Kevin got away for it for probably about 12 to 16 months from being the fantasy Reaper. Yep. Yep. Welcome back to your, welcome back to your calling in life, Mr. Mr. Ruth Reaper. Reaper status, indeed. I mean, Derek Derek Henry kind of just opened the floodgates, and everyone else on the team was like, "Fuck this noise." <laughs> yeah, we're done. We're, we're done yep. supporting Kevin. This is fucking yeah. stupid. So, if you lose um, any other leagues, I, the rumor is is Kevin will support your buy into those leagues. <laughs> really? Now, uh, that's what I'm going to say. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Kevin can come out and say shit tomorrow when he listens to the podcast and just lie through his teeth. But yeah, okay. All right, anything else with the trades before we move on? Um, Kind of a quiet trade deadline. It it really was, but I think there was such a divide that the bottom teams were kind of picked over outside of maybe one or two of them. And the teams that were making the playoffs have all but maybe one solid piece that you needed to shear up to be relevant. And I think that could, that's going to come down to roster decisions, but I think, I think there's such a divide in this league at the current moment outside yep. of maybe myself and Sam where and Armand, where we sit kind of in that middle tier um, where we're going to watch things shake and shuffle. Yeah. Well, so for I, sure. It, it doesn't surprise me that there wasn't a whole lot of moves. No. Okay. No, that's fair. All right. Well then let's move on and let's talk about some of those playoff teams or the non-playoff teams the teams that unfortunately in, you know, a week from now 
aren't going to have any games to look forward to until next uh, September. Um, we're going to kind of go through just each team that's been eliminated and just kind of give quick high-level thoughts on them. Uh, we're going to start with Chris's team. And right now, if the season ended today, there's still one more week, Chris would have the 1.1 one one, or whoever has his pick. Yep. So when we look at Chris's team, um, man, there's a lot of holes on this roster. Um, it's not really a surprise that this hasn't been a great year. Um, you know, right now, to put things into perspective, Stefan has scored 2,300 points. Um, Chris just barely broke 1,000 points this week. So it's not just double. It's like 230% like like greater. It's 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 an absurd amount. Um, just shows like kind of the discrepancy uh, between the top and the bottom and kind of the the hole that Steph, or excuse me, Chris needs to climb out of. Um, when you look at this roster, I mean, are there building blocks that you see for Chris, um, you know, going forward that he could feel optimistic about? I think there's maybe just one, I'll, okay. uh, maybe two. So I'll say, I'll say two with the optimistic piece, just because I own him in another league. The number one you're excited about is Jamar Chase. Yep. The number two you might be excited about is Hollywood Brown. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the two biggest pieces that I think we have the ability to build around. And outside of that, the rest of the roster is a dumpster fire. Like it's like pour gasoline into all that and just light it on fucking fire. And that's where we're going to be at. And, you know, looking at the draft pick situation to try and get some of the talent or to acquire talent to make it competitive. 22, he has one first, two seconds. Mm-hmm. In 23 is three firsts. Four. No, four for those of us that really can't fucking count that are really good at math yeah and yeah that are really good yep 33 in math remember that um and two seconds so we're we're at least sitting three years out for chris yeah. with it and god bless the donations and everything like that the winners always appreciate that you should probably get a christmas card in the mail um <laughs> it's just just it's it's, it's a season to be giving with it um i there's not a whole lot to get excited about and i'm i'm sorry Chase and Brown are my my top two guys. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a few other intriguing pieces. I mean, Dawson Knox has had a great year. Um, I don't think he's maybe, I mean, this year in kind of the limited sample, he's, you know, top 10 mm-hmm. as a tight end. Yep. Um, I think he can probably flirt around that range. Um, so that's, you know, intriguing. And then you have um, Kadarius Tony. He's shown he's, definitely worth the early second round pick for Chris Tuckham. Um, and I think he could be an intriguing option. I mean, New York Giants is another situation where maybe their quarterback um, is different the next year. It might not be Danny Dimes. Maybe it's someone else. Um, and just the last one is maybe Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, would you believe me if I told you Juju Smith-Schuster is only 25 years old? He's going to be a free agent this year. Um I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where he ends up. Um, he could be a player to watch um, next year, maybe in a new uniform or maybe back with the Pittsburgh Steelers and them having a new quarterback. Yeah. I mean, the other one that, that I think we don't give enough credit to is Bob Tunyon. Yeah. Everything, he definitely was... Nobody knows what's going to happen with that situation. Right. So a lot of, lot of dependent pieces, but a lot, but at least in my eyes too, Knox, you bring up is a is a good option in the Buffalo offense, but they've been 
kind of an enigma this season from yeah. the I mean, God, the Josh Allen hype train for a fucking MVP kind of has killed me a little bit in my vibes. But years out. Years yeah. out. But love yeah, the I mean, love the pieces that are potentially could come into play with your draft strategy. Yeah, I mean for sure. But you know, we didn't mention a quarterback. We didn't even mention mm-hmm. a running back. Mm-hmm. Um you know, wide receivers, aren't fucking good options. <laughs> yeah, wide receivers obviously are great, but you know, a lot of holes on this roster. You know, yep. Good thing a lot of 2023 draft ammo. Um, that could be, you know, that could be nice a year from now. All right, let's move on and talk about Steve's team, who right now, again, season ended today, he would be picking second, um, or whoever has Steve's pick. Um, and he, when we actually look at it right now, Steve is 48 points. If my math is correct behind Chris's team, um, potentially could be made up this week, but looking fairly likely that it's going to go Chris and then Steve. Um, when you look at Steve's team, Dan, I mean, what sort of stands out as building towards the future players on this roster? Mitchell Trubisky. No, I'm <laughs> sorry. I was just, it was yep. too good to pass I, up I on that. <laughs> um, I think the biggest disappointment that you really want to build around is Michael Thomas. Yeah. And that's, I mean, and who knows what's going to happen with that shit show of a situation with it. Um, You don't feel good there from a quarterback situation. Teddy, two gloves may not have a job. Case Keenum, obviously with that PJ Walker, Jake Fromm. No, nope. yeah, I mean, he'll start this week, but that's kind of the, that's it. Yeah. That's it. And again, we're right back in the same situation. Running back situation is very dismal. The guy you really like is Brandon Ayuk. Mm-hmm. And you really hope that he pans out to be the guy that you really, really want him to be. Jermichael Hasty was a fun experiment, but we're not really, we're done with that kind of pieces. Khalif Raymond is an interesting one. I, I mean, no, but not there's, really. There's no, no, no. I'm scrolling through this roster and. I mean, you didn't mention uh, Rondale Moore. He's been an intriguing rookie for a couple um, weeks. Yeah, he's he's interesting, but I mean, I think if, if it's possible, I mean, Steve might have less less talent than Chris's team. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, the thing that he has in his advantage is he's, I mean, accumulated. He's got three draft picks this year, yeah. um, th- or three first rounders. He's, albeit some late picks with Kevin, Stefan, and Adam. Um, and then he also has three twenty twenty three, and then all three, and then he has three twenty twenty three draft picks. So nice to have that draft ammo the next two years. Yeah, and again with with the hype around the twenty three draft class, way over the twenty two draft class. Um, Adam obviously is a playoff team, but you got your own pick. Jerry made the playoffs this year, so who knows what his team will have in store for it? But your the late picks are they're not concerning, but you really wish that they were in the first half. Yeah, I mean, just... But you have ha- first-round draft picks, and that's Yes, you, ha- you have the capital, and, like, with Steve and with Chris, a lot of holes. Like, if you can trade down, get more picks, if you can make m- more or deals that kind of brings back more ammo, like, that's what you're hoping for, yep. Um, you know, if those make sense. Um, quick question for you. Sure. Does Michael Thomas start next season on Steve's team? This is this is a lot easier question if you said the Saints, because <laughs> that would be a no on that. Um, no, I think this okay. is a really good offseason move that Steve can take a chance on and maybe gain some either youth 
or draft capital to have a team take a flyer on that might be on the fence with some wide receivers. I would agree with that. I think, yes, I agree with that. If we see him moved in the off season, which I think it's going to happen, his stock skyrockets, but it's, do you want to take the chance of him being moved? Yeah. I mean, it's, it could be one of those. I mean, depending on how Steve views it, um, maybe you're buying low, you know, you're hoping to, you take that risk, you know, early in the off season and you pray that he moves on and you figure it out later. You know, if you're Steve, do you risk waiting and maybe he doesn't move on? Maybe New Orleans decides to roll with Taysom Hill because they have negative 60 million cap space and it's an awful situation. Who knows? Um, but an interesting um, an interesting thing yep. to potentially watch unfold. You All got right. it. So let's move on to the third team. And again, this one. Nick right now is more or less locked into the third pick. Um, he's in no man's land. He's, you know, 85 points behind Steve. That's not getting made up. And he's about 350 points ahead of you. So Nick is, <laughs> yep. Nick is locked into one death three. Yep. Um, what are your thoughts when you look at Nick's team and kind of the future that might hold for him? You got to be excited a little bit here. And there's a lot of interesting pieces. And it starts with Trevor Lawrence with it and you back that up with justin herbert and i mean there was so much hype around herbert being the mvp in the early couple weeks and we've seen him come back back down to earth but he's still a young talented kid and i i own a herbert chair i like where we're going with this quarterback situation ceh is an interesting piece with it we're he's injury prone kind of through the first couple weeks or first couple years here but this might be just a running back situation away from being pretty decent dj Moore, curtis samuel curtis samuel really didn't pan out to be what everybody really expected him to be with it but i mean he's had injury issues and everything like that rashad bateman i think is a great piece no offense an amazing piece when we get I, I, let me ask you this question we watched gardner Minshew come out and actually have a game here is gardner Minshew a starting quarterback on some of these teams in the nfl i mean Sure, if Teddy Bridgewater is, but he's like <laughs> he's a starter quarterback in the sense that like if he's starting in September, you know, like he's already got to be replaced by the offseason. Yep. Like he's just he's in like that probably like 30 to 40 QB like rink mm-hmm. range. Like he's an ideal backup and he could be an adequate option, but I don't think you're winning anything with him yep. long term. I think the exciting piece here is. So he's got three first-round draft picks. He has his own, which is going to be at three. He has Chris's, which is right now projected at 1.1. Yep. And then he has Zane's, which is going to be a back-half pick, depending on how well Zane does in the playoffs. Yep. That allows him to fill this gap at running back. He can strengthen up his wide receiver core. And one thing, going back to running back, I don't think you mentioned Dobbins on his bench, right? Yep. On the IR spot, you're 100% correct. I did not scroll down fast, fast enough for that. So he comes back. The tight end situation is sketchy. I think is the nice word to say with it. Yeah, Wally I mean he's Cox got fan relevant. He's got he's, Fant, but outside yeah. of Fant, that's that's it. Um, Foster Moreau is garbage. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but I think I, I so think when those you, are the two pieces we look at. Yeah, I think when you look at Nick's team, you know, it's clearly a much like five or six steps ahead of Chris and Steve's team. Like Nick, if everyone's healthy, he's kind of got like a a, rust, a starting lineup that you look at and you feel, 
maybe not great, but you're like, okay, this isn't awful. You know, Lawrence, Edward Solaire, Dobbins, DJ Moore, Bateman, Samuel, Fant, Herbert. Um, I, I don't even know. Coughlin is your last flex mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but then, like you said, you're adding two top three picks. Um, that's nice. I mean, and then you look and he's got two seconds this year as well. Um, when you get to 2023, he's got two first and three seconds. So I think Nick is definitely on the path. Like he's a team, you know, depending on how his rookie draft goes or his off season, maybe he looks to move these picks for players or whatever. Um, I think Nick could be a little bit more feisty, probably not a playoff team, but definitely much closer to contention than Chris or Steve. Agreed. 100% agreed. The future is bright. I mean, if Herbert, we already know, is a damn good quarterback. If Lawrence turns out to be a damn good quarterback, I mean, that's a beautiful foundation to have. Beautiful. Yep. All right. We're going to move on to the next team, and that is actually going to be your team, Dan. And, and you are, again, like all these picks are pretty much locked in. You're going to be 1.4. Um, right now you are, let's see if my math is correct. You're obviously 350 points ahead of Nick. You're not catching him. And Armand is about 113 points ahead of you. Fairly highly unlikely that you catch him. But you know what the best thing about that is though? What's that? Who's got Armand's first round draft pick this year? I do. Oh, so it doesn't matter. So you're going to be back and forth. I own four, five, eight. And six in this draft that you do. So let's, I mean, let's talk about your roster. Yeah, let's talk. Go ahead. So when we look at your team, I mean, obviously it starts with your boy, Josh Allen. You kept him. You still have him. He's, you know, this has been, I think it's not quite the year that we saw last year, but it's still a damn good year. I mean, he's a top five quarterback again. Um, he's, you know, slinging the ball, like great upside. Um, you know, it's proven at the very least that last year was not a fluke. Um, after that, I mean, you got Antonio Gibson headlining your running back, um, spot cam Akers, you know, he's kind of the wild card, you know, what cam Akers do we get? Um, I know there's been, you know, rumors he's training like, Oh, he's going to come back this year. I can't possibly imagine that that's an option, but who knows? Science is crazy. Drugs are fun. (laughs) Um, Mattinson, you know, back, you know, he's been an adequate player um for the vikings when he's had to fill in um that's really kind of it for running back um at wide receiver i mean chase claypool michael gallup tyler boyd those are i believe kind of oh and excuse me Pittman, Pittman, Pittman and chark oh and mr dj chark 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 um yeah so i mean claypool and Pittman, i think are a really strong um young combo to have um, Pittman, this is kind of been a mini breakout, um, for him. You know, he's, where's he at right now in the year? Top 15 wide receiver. Um, you know, we'll see how the year finishes, but he clearly looks like someone that Wentz and the Colts, you know, want to feature and Claypool. I mean, he's a guy that just has all the talent in the world. Um, year hasn't been great, but again, if they get a new quarterback, this is a guy that I think has the potential to rocket up the boards. Um, Gallup is interesting. You know, he's a potential free agent to be. Does he stay in Dallas? Does he go somewhere else? Um, and yeah, I mean, Boyd, um, Chark, you know, 
Shark, I I don't know. Is Shark a free agent after this year? Ah, uh, that one I don't know. I think he I think he might have. So he's in year three of his contract. He was okay. He so he's one year more. four. He's got he's got at least one more in Jacksonville. I don't think Jacksonville has an option for year five. Gotcha. Okay. So I mean, the tight end or excuse me, the wide receiver situation is pretty solid. You know, good foundation for sure. Um, maybe you don't have the absolute elite option, but I think you've got a lot of you know, second tier options with upside there. Uh, tight end, I mean, Gerald Everett, he's all right. Austin mm-hmm. Hooper, all right. Like, those are depth pieces. You really don't have a clear starter. Um, and then, I mean, finishing up after Josh Allen, at quarterback, I mean, you got Jared Goff, Jordan Love. I mean, next year should be his year. Um, but of course, you know, I'll let you maybe talk about him. How are you feeling about Mac Jones? I love Mac Jones. I hate the fact that, Bill Belichick is smarter than every other person on the face of the planet mm-hmm. because we we go two for three in a, in a game where there's 55 mile an hour wind gusts, but they're <laughs> downfield. So you can actually let the man throw the ball and you rush 36 times for 220 something yards. Like it sucks. But in this offense with your top tier receiver being Kendrick Bourne. Okay. But Buy me shares. I'm all in. Imagine if they go out and they get guys like, oh shit, Allen Robinson maybe this year. Um, a couple of the other guys you mentioned that are that are Juju Smith Schuster. If they go out, Devontae Adams, Chris Godwin, yes, all wide these guys that have option, opportunity. Gallup, yeah, and that they have. I mean, the wide receiver class coming out of this year is probably the highlight of 2022 for the rookie class. Yep, for absolutely. the rookie class. Yep, give him a young, talented guy like that we might be in business here. Mac Jones might have weapons. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he definitely, he's been the most impressive rookie. I mean, the one thing of caution or the thing that I love is like people have been just so excited. And I think it's because he's been so much better than the rest of the quarterback class that we're like wearing. He's also the guy that's got the most time. Well, yeah, like, that's my point, though. Like, people, I think, are so excited because he's been so much better. But, like, he's only had two games above 20 points, you know, from a fantasy perspective. Like, Mac Jones is good. Don't get me wrong. But I think there's still, like, you know, do you really, do you think he's going to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback at any point in the near future? In I have my doubts. Three years, I'm going to say yes. I have my doubts. I mean, I think it could happen. I'm not going to rule it out, but I just think, you know, it's really difficult for the guys that are like a zero in the rushing side of things to become a top 10 quarterback. Like you really need to, you're looking at like passing for about 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. Can Mac Jones do it? I mean, he's an, he's a very gifted passer and if they get him more weapons, sure. But I think just the game has changed so much that it's really, really hard to do and it's, that. And it's going to be hard. But, I mean, he his skill set is, and try not to crucify me for any of you haters out there, is very similar to Tom Brady's. He's not mobile. <laughs> he's a pocket passer. Yeah. And this is what Bill Pelichick has won Super Bowls with. And they, they, they have the running game. It's by committee. It's just as shitty as San Francisco. But they, but he knows what works and he knows what personnel he needs in that offense to get results. And we're seeing it happen in front of our faces with a rookie quarterback. Give him a couple weapons. Make sure that he's solidified. He's protected. I, I saw a stat the other day. It was like his rushed pass attempts or his pressures is 
is fucking insanely low compared to other quarterbacks. And that's yeah. huge. Oh, yeah. And I they think have that's a fantastic the, line that the Patriots always do. Yep. I and I think that's a big upside to how they, they, they'll they disinvest in the, in the talented receivers to make sure that their quarterback has time to get the ball in a good spot to mediocre wide receivers. And that's a W. Cool. Yeah. Bill Belichick oh, figured sure. it out. Bill Belichick might be the Sith Lord of coaching like we might see him all shriveled up in a fucking hooded sweatshirt coaching till he's 375 yeah i mean and the thing is like with mac jones like even with all that said like even if he's just like a perennial like top 11 to 15 quarterback like that is still like insanely valuable like in a super flex league i mean when you think about what the what the point difference is between 8 and 16 in like per week average that's probably what two Three points a week, maybe. I I don't know the answer. I, I don't know the stats so that I either. I, yep. I mean, but I I'm gonna I'm gonna hype the shit up out of this, and until somebody does the math to prove me wrong, which <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's between the average week points between eight and seventeen is less than four points. That's that's my claim right there. And okay. if somebody wants to do the math to prove me wrong, put it in the chat, and then I'll fucking tell you you're a dumbass i'm better at math than you are but that's what i'm gonna but that's what i'm gonna go with all right i appreciate that um i the league you've been put on notice to do some math for dan the almighty math man and that's Um, just because i'm a couple drinks in tonight and i'm not gonna fucking do that shit say no more but um yeah i mean you clearly have some solid pieces i think right now for you you need like maybe an elite wide receiver or a top end like wide receiver, someone to show off to become that. Maybe Claypool or Pittman can be that. You clearly need another running back or two. You clearly need mm-hmm. another tight end. Um, but when you look, you know, you mentioned your draft picks. You're going to have picks four, five, and six. I mean, you're probably going to have an option for wide receivers and running backs picking there. Maybe even another quarterback if you want to go that route. You know, take it as th- things comes. Um, so yeah, I mean, you're looking at. I mean, I think you out of all four teams are definitely the one closest to possibly contending next year, you know, being back in it. Yep. If you have a stellar rookie draft or if you decide to maybe leverage some of these picks mm-hmm. into proven players and you decide to um, speed up the rebuild or, you know, whatever your goal is going to be. But I think there's definitely a good foundation. And I mean, if Cam Cam Akers is the wild card, if Cam Correct. Akers comes back and he's, you know, supplants you know daryl henderson you know if he's the guy that we saw the end of the last year for the rams future is very very bright and if not i mean it doesn't necessarily ruin things but i think it just it slows things down a bit you're you're right and i think this is where i really like the spot that i'm sitting in the the amount of points i've put up in a rebuild season with the talent i've acquired is very encouraging because that tells me the players i've got are ready to go and surrounding them with a couple other pieces means that I'm I'm a contender. I can I can you know hang out with with Stefan and and Zane and you and and give myself a relevant shot. Um, yeah, I'm very encouraged with with the acquisitions I've had in the offseason. Excellent, I agree. You should be optimistic. Whoop, um, whoop. All right, let's move on to the team picking one dot five or whoever has Me. that pick, which is you. Um, but let's talk about Armand's team. Um, Armand kind of, I think was the, he kind of started this whole off season with, no, I'm not going to just not be a, a team that doesn't try. Like, yep. 
he tried to go for it. And I give Armand props for that. I mean, he put up a fight, you know, up until about two weeks ago. He looked like he had a very strong shot at making the playoffs. Um, unfortunately, you know, injuries, you know, some things didn't really go according to plan. Um, you know, mainly, I think, at the running back position. Barkley was has been banged up this year. And just the second Zach running back or lack thereof. Fucking just, rough, yeah. Yeah, the second running back or lack thereof is really done him in. Um, but when you look at Armand's team, I mean, Dak Prescott, fantastic. Saquon Barkley, I mean, it's been a down year for him. But even with that, I mean, he's still been all right when he's on the field. Um, you know, for his sake, you hope maybe they get a new quarterback or at least a new offense or something. Um, wide receiver, I mean, probably the strength of this team. I mean, Terry McLaurin, um, aggressive trade that uh, Armand made at the start of the year. Um, I was against it. Um, you, I I think we're kind of similar. It, and I, yeah. I, I don't know if this one panned out. I mean, it's obviously too soon to tell, but I think we've kind of seen what we've seen from Terry's entire career so far. He's not quite that elite guy. And maybe that'll come. You know, maybe he needs a new quarterback and maybe yep. he'll get a new quarterback. But right now, I mean, Terry, we've seen him. He's more of the really good option. Um, and, you know, you, you paid a premium to get that. So we'll see how that works out. Um, but after that, I mean, Chris Godwin, fantastic. Could be a free agent. We'll see where he ends up. Cortland Sutton has been, I'd say, a disappointment. I don't know if you'd agree or disagree with yeah, that. Yeah, I agree. Um, but once Judy came back, I was kind of surprised how much of a backburner Sutton has taken with things. But again, you know, he signed an extension to stay with the Broncos. We'll see what the quarterback situation looks like. Maybe um, a change of someone under center could bolster uh, Sutton's for or future with them. After that, though, there's, I mean, who are we missing? Oh, Tua, obviously. Yeah, Tua. Um, he has a bye this week, but Tua... He's two has been very good. Um, we'll see what Miami does because they've, I mean, apparently want to move him or want Watson or what I don't know. But Tua has been pretty impressive the last few weeks. Um, you know, some other good pieces. We've got Sonny Michelle. He's been an adequate full in. I mean, Zach Moss not so great. Yep. Ramondre Stevenson has been solid. Corey Davis has been okay. I mean, if you want to talk about really wild cards when you look at Armand's team, it's got to be Kelvin Ridley. Um, no real updates, or I don't think there's been any updates nope. with the situation. But if Ridley comes back, you know, Ridley and good to go. Like, he's shown that he can be a top 10 wide receiver, um, which that would be huge for Armand's team. Um, you know, the downside when you look at Armand and where he's at, very limited draft ammo. You're right. Um, yep. He has no first round picks the next three years. He's got two second round picks the next three years. Um, that's not great because when you look at this roster, there's a lot of holes, um, mainly at the second running back position. Um, and when you get to sort of the last flex on the, the roster, um, it's it's in a little bit of a rough shape right now. I think this roster. Yeah, and I think I think the couple the three names that you didn't talk about that I think have some upside. And when I say some upside, I mean it's like okay, like maybe Devin Duvernay, um, out in Baltimore. I think is an interesting piece. Marquez Callaway, and that's just because Michael Thomas is not playing, gives him fantasy relevancy. But but the guy I really like is Mike Isecki. 
and he's a, he's the number four tight end in PVR formats. Yep, I, had, I just straight up missed him. Yep, and that which which is good. That's why we have this partnership here because what you what you miss, I can pick up, and what I miss, I which is probably a hell of a lot more than what you miss, you can pick up on that opportunity. But he said a real five connection seconds. with Tua. I, I eat shit off the floor all the time. I don't care how long it's been there. There's, I've probably eaten a chip off the floor. It's been out there for like three days, and I just don't give a shit, and I'm just fat like that. Um, but you're right. I think that I think the limited draft capital is a very concerning piece, and you got to hope that some of the people that you have on your roster pan out. And I mean, you know, Brevin Jordan, probably not the guy you're really excited to start a tight end with it, understanding that you have – couple guys on by Donovan Peoples Jones, a couple really, really great weeks, but Baker Mayfield's a fucking dumpster fire with a Jalen Rieger could arguably one of the bigger fantasy busts next to the guy you have actually on your roster, which I think is the biggest fantasy bust of his entire career is Nikhil Harry. He had negative two points last week just because the ball hit his helmet. Yeah, it's not a, it's not ideal. Um, no, it's really bad. Yeah. I mean, it's just, the like you said, the roster it's kind of you either just hope and pray that the guys that you have, you know, if you believe in them, like this was a bad year, um, and you just ride it out, yeah. or I mean, maybe you shake it out and you I, try to blow it up and yeah, you see, I think that's where it is. You know, do you move here. a Barkley? Do you move one of these wide receivers, McLaren, Godwin, or Sutton? You know, do you explore Prescott trades? Um, I don't know. There's this it's not a great off season for Armand, uh, just nope. to be honest, like where he sits, this this isn't ideal. Um, I think I think he's he goes the blow it up route. That's yeah. I think that's the I respect the play that you made. Yeah, he tried. It, it just it just didn't pan out, and injuries and situations just it didn't do there. So you got to blow it up. You got to get move that. Get two firsts, maybe three, depending on where you're at. Move Saquon. Get a couple firsts. He can get but, three for Dak. Oh yeah, three for Dak, easy. I didn't. I I have interest, so I'm not going to try and sell myself short. With that, <laughs> say no more. Um, you know, it's it's one of those ones where it's just just rough to see. I respect yeah. the play, hate the outcome, but love it from a competing perspective. Yeah, shoot or shoot. I'll I'll always respect someone for going yep. for it. Yep. Um, didn't didn't pan out though, but. We'll see. Uh, it could be an exciting offseason for Armand and for the league by that extension. All right. All right. Last team, picking 1.6, which will actually be used, Dan, ooh, but ooh. this is going to be Sam's team. Uh, do you want to break it down for us? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of highlights here, and I think it starts with Joe Burrow. Like, you got to feel really, really good about having Joe Burrow. And he's QB 11, you know, coming out of his second year injured in year one just because Dear Christ, they couldn't fucking protect him to save his life. You feel really good about this. Running back situation, Josh Jacobs. Okay. Yep. Javante Williams, very good up and coming. You traded for Christian McCaffrey this year. Sorry, bud. That kind of, I, I mean, deep down, I'm really happy what I got in return and how bad it's been. But, yeah, that's not great. Um, DeAndre Swift banged up. Rough injuries right there. You got Hubbard later on because you're welcome. I'm very happy that I traded a second to get him to get a second back. Um, it's it's. I think that A.J. Dillon playing behind Aaron Jones, kind of a rough spot. Alvin Kamara has been good. 
but injured. And that's kind of, I think that's kind of the piece that killed Sam's season. And I think that's really the rough spot with it. CeeDee Lamb, outstanding. Christian Kirk lost in the offense with it. Um, Robbie Anderson, you just get, eh, nobody really knows. Antonio Brown, okay. AJ Brown, IR. You know, Devonta Smith, okay. We're really not sure what we're going to get out of some of this. So I think there's so much upside that sits on his roster that it's exciting. But at the same point in time, like you're nervous that the excitement's going to make you throw up because of how unpredictable it can be. And Justin Fields, while we're all very excited as Bears fans to what this could be, dear Christ, somebody get rid of fucking Matt Nagy and Pace and just let us fucking be done with this shit show. Um, Interesting situations. He's got my second round draft pick and Jerry's second round draft pick next year. But after that, his draft capital is basically done. So until 2024, where he picks up a first round draft pick, but he's got a ton of young talent. And if his young talent pans out, I'm excited. But my question for you is, is are you as excited as Sam is around some of this? Cause I don't know if I have all of the hype that Sam has on the roster. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, Sam's, Sam's kind of at a, or like you said, injuries really derailed this season. Um, you know, McCaffrey, AJ Brown, um, is running back just situation. Kamara, not ideal. Um, it's quarterbacks being young, you know, fields and Trey Lance not playing, you know, being at only at one quarterback. I think those were, and of course, then tight end with not having Hawkinson until like two weeks ago. Um, just put Sam kind of behind the eight ball, um, a lot more often than he would want to be. Um, does have the young talent. I mean, I'm optimistic with Sam's team. I mean, I think, you know, the running back core, you sh- I mean, I know injuries, you know, with McCaffrey, but I still believe in McCaffrey. You know, when he plays, he's still proven to be ex- an extremely talented weapon um, in the PPR side of things. Uh, DeAndre Swift, I mean, yeah, he's been injured this week, but he's, I mean, he's had a fantastic year. He's right around top 10 for PPR. Um I mean, Kamara, Jacobs, we'll see about Travis Etienne, what he potentially could bring next year. But I think the running back core is solid. I mean, wide receivers with Lamb, um, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, that's solid. I mean, maybe you need one more wide receiver. Um, I'm optimistic with this team. I think it really hinges on can the quarterbacks, you know, pan out. Um, Joe Burrow, I think we maybe feel confident where he's sitting. Um, but, you know, what does, you know, Fields and Lance look like? I'm extremely high on both of them, especially Trey Lance. I mean, we've only seen Lance in a game and a half. But, I mean, it's funny, like, Tr- Trey Lance has, like, one 20-point game, and he's only played about, like, six quarters of football. Um, this is, like, why Trey Lance just has crazy upside because of his legs, his rushing ability. Um, he's going to get his chance to show his things probably next year. Um, and that's, you know, really, I think going to be the, um, I don't know, the, it's, it's really going to kind of make or break Sam's team. You know, if, if, if Trey Lance, you know, is a stud, you know, if he's going to be like the next, you know, a rich man's Jalen hurts or something like that, you know, a guy that just, he's the Konami code. Like he can be a rusher. He can be a passer. He can do it all. Lamar Jackson asked, whatever you want to say, 
if he can do that, you know, pair that with Joe Burrow, whatever Justin Fields give you and everything else, like I think Sam's team is going to be very feisty next year. Um, but that's kind of just the unknown. And I don't think anyone can really answer that um, right now. Yeah. So many interesting pieces. And like, like you said, I mean, you bring up the Trey Lance piece and it's where do the Niners go? Is is this the end of the Jimmy Garoppolo era? Is this the start of what we're going to see come from Trey Lance? Or is this, oh shit. Okay. Like let's move Trey Lance, bring in Aaron Rodgers, and kind of go from there. I mean, I don't think that's going to be the piece. I think Lance is going to get his opportunity to showcase what he has the ability to bring to the table next year. Um, which I think means Garoppolo is going to be in a different situation. Yeah. Um, so I, a lot of interesting pieces on this team that's going to be coming. Yeah. I mean, I think just at the end of the day, the two things that really did Sam in the most injuries yep. and just having young talent because yep. young talent is unproven talent. Correct. Um, you know, it can take these rookies like a little bit longer to get going. I mean, you look at all the playoff teams this year. There are not a lot of rookies that are being relied on. Very few, in fact. I think Jer like has an overwhelming amount, yep. and everyone else like maybe has one on the roster. Yep. But I, well, you're not a playoff team. Sorry, oh, but sorry. like you, you know, it's the yep. it's the playoff teams that are being relied on. And I mean, if we're being fair, again, it it only matters who made it. But you know, Sam put up more points than Jerry's team, but because of the inconsistency, the highs were very high and the lows were very low um, when hopefully, you know, his roster like matures a little, you know, I'm using quotation marks yep. and these younger guys just become a little bit more consistent. So, I mean, I think for Sam, it's frustrating because I think he had higher expectations for this year, but I think that there's still a lot of reasons to be optimistic long-term for the record. I just want to put this out here. Yeah. Uh, Sam has put up less than 10 point or it's, it's 10 point. Four, ten point six points, but I think the difference is, is Sam has had a hundred point two eight more points scored against him than Jerry has. So I'll take this as to people lay eggs against Jerry versus Sam outscoring Jerry. And again, oh, I'm just looking at now. I'm looking at just the, not the potential points, but the actual. No, no, I know. Points. Wow, Jerry had a very fortunate schedule. Very fortunate schedule. People, I mean, he played Even, one actually, week, which was... It's actually kind of funny. Stefan had, like, the most favorable schedule, and go figure, Stefan's team is, you yeah. know, a sledgehammer. But after well, that, Jerry got very... Yeah. Jerry had a very fortuitous schedule. Um, but, hey, you know, that's fantasy. And we have, like, a top six finishing for a reason. Like, that helps, yep. you know, counteract some of that. Um, so you can only play the games that you are scheduled to play. I think um, the interesting one here is Armand actually had less points scored against him than Jerry did. Interesting. Yeah, but Armand's team put up 200, just shy of 200 points less than what Jerry did. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I mean Jerry it, it, had it all a plays bit into luck. it. Yep. A little bit of luck. Jerry had always a little bit of luck, luck, but, you know, fantasy is a little bit lucky, so you can't really, you know, sell them short. Um, but no, I think, you know, when you look at all these playoff teams, I think there's going to be a lot of, or excuse me, non-playoff teams yep. the teams that are in the top bottom six the toilet um, bowl. yeah the toilet bowl i think you know some of them had their work cut out for them and others you know are well they're 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 ready for next year um so it, or they're ready for the draft and they really want to get to that point but i think you know everyone or i think there's a mix of a good mixed blend of talent 
And I think next year is going to be even more competitive than this year where we saw things split out pretty quickly. Yep. Yep. I, I think the, these six teams you talked about have a very heavy impact as to what we're going to see from a talent shift and a power ranking shift into next season. I agree with that. All right. We're going to just kind of real quickly do matchups, not really get too in depth on it. Um, stupid. Yeah. When we look at like kind of this week, um, in terms of playoff implications, like all six playoff teams are decided. There's nothing up for grabs. The only there's only one thing up for grabs. Yep. And that's in the Avengers division, and that's for the bye. Right now, Zane is 20 and 6, and I'm 19 and 7. Um, there's really no way I'm gonna pass Zane in the tiebreaker. So the only way this is gonna change is if I go two and zero and Zane goes 0 and 2. So that's the only thing, if you're keeping track at home, if you're watching this and curious, that's the only thing to watch. Outside of that, Stefan's going to be the one seed. Um, Adam and St- Kevin might swap two and three, but that doesn't matter. Doesn't matter um, yep. You know, I'm either going to, it's the Avengers is either going to be Zane one and me two. Jer's always going to be the three seed, or I'm going to be one and Zane will be two. Um, that's, that's it. So we'll see what plays out. Um, but real quick, we'll go through matchups, um, make our picks. Right now, Dan, you have the advantage. You are 47 and 13 on the year, and I am 46 and 14. I am a game behind you. Let's go. I need to make up some points, especially with playoffs around the corner. There's not going to be as many options. Yep. So, so that means I pick first each week. Yep, you pick first. So I, you know, we're not going to go in depth. So you just pick <laughs> nope. the match, yep. match up and you need to tell me who you're taking to win. Okay. Start us out. Take pick any matchup you want. <laughs> so Kevin's going to beat the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, we're yep. we're going Kevin. That's an easy pick right there. Okay, uh, pick up pick number two. You're going to beat the shit out of Nick Ruth. I would agree with that. I'm taking myself as well. Okay, perfect. Uh, pick three. Sam is going to lose to Zane. I know it's not what you want to hear. Yeah, I. Yep, I, I I can't. Yep, I agree. Okay, pick four. Jerry's going to beat Armand. I agree. Okay. Pick five. This is where life gets a little bit more interesting. Yep. In a narrow margin, Stefan beats Adam. So I. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. I put it down even before. Like, I'm not like this isn't like me trying to be like clever. I wrote down my picks and I would have adjusted maybe, you know, because if I wanted to make up games. But I did actually pick Steph or Adam initially to win. So I'm okay. sticking with Adam because it's this is my chance to make up a game. Yep. But I, I legitimately think this is an opportunity for um, Adam's team. I mean, when you look at it, Adam's team is it's interesting. I think it's kind of rounding into form. He's run 10 in a row. Um, I don't know. Exciting to watch to see how things the year finishes and playoffs go for Adam. There's Which, a by the way, tags. Yeah, go ahead. We need to, you know. We have two new playoff teams this year. Adam in the Justice League division and Jerry in Avengers. You know, that is yep. kudos, kudos to those teams. Yep. Um, because you know it's it's hard to make the playoffs. So kudos to both those teams. Yep. I think the big difference is Keenan Allen still has a chance to play, and nobody really kind of knows. Julio Does Jones. He? I thought he was I thought Keenan Allen couldn't. He's vaccinated, so his okay. time frame is shortened versus the unvaccinated people in the entire world. So he's only out three days with a negative test instead of 10. So he does have a chance. 
Interesting. Okay. Yep. So there's your fun fact for the piece there. So I think that's the it. I think a lot of this matchup comes down to do you see Keenan Allen? Because on the back end of this, I'm trying to scroll really quick. Kareem Hunt's an interesting option. Cole Beasley's been a bag of dicks with it. Brandon Cooks, okay, he's there. Um, I mean, Stefan's got options, but you don't feel confident with any yep. of the other ones. Tyler Higby, Zach Ertz have been the enigmas. We'll see what happens with his roster. But um, should, we, should we move down to the matchup of the week? Let's do it. <laughs> and I love this. It's the toilet bowl. And I, the matchup of the week between Steve and Chris. Um, I'll take Steve. Chris's team's a dumpster fire. Yeah. I mean, I want to take Chris. I really do. But I, I don't want to take my risk on this take, one. Nope. So. Take the take the time. We go into the playoffs. No. I respect I'm, that. I'm going to go with Steve. Yeah. Yep. But. So. All right. Uh yeah, I mean, I don't know anything else to talk about before so we wrap I have, up this. Week? I have I have two things that are completely off topic, but just because of, that I want to have them. Yeah. Um. So you remember the meme of the one with the one black kid and the like the yellow shirt that's like got his sideways eyes. Yeah. And everything like that. Okay. Did you know he won a um, state championship? This I year? did. I did see that, and he did like the side eye thing with the trophy yep. or whatever. Super fucking cool. I really just yeah. wanted to point that out with all this, and then. Arguably one of the most fun games in college football is this weekend. Army Navy. Which side do you sit on? I'm Team Army. I I play the Army as well. I like for as much as I I love the Navy and everything like that. I have people that have been in the Navy. I am always all aboard supporting Army in this matchup. Hell yeah! Well, glad to be back. Appreciate everyone's patience. Um, we have all intentions on getting these weekly going throughout the playoffs. So maybe we even will double up once week. We'll see. But uh, until next time, thanks for tuning in, guys. See you, boys.